0: Here. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Our theme this month is committed to getting the gospel out. Committed to soul winning. Committed to world evangelism is our theme we've had a great year and lots of thoughts on commitment to the family and to uh, personal finances commitment to uh, our children and to the the next generation lots of things we've talked about in october we're talking about commitment to soul winning and when i say soul winning that means taking the gospel to another soul giving someone else an explanation on how they can get to heaven from here how they can have their sins forgiven that's really about, it. that's what a church is for. A church is a called out assembly of pe- people who are willing and voluntarily willing to partner with God to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. Had someone the other day say, Pastor, and not in our church, but in other churches, I just, I don't want to go to our church anymore because I'm not connecting to the right people. The people are not meeting my needs. I want to find someone like me, and so I want to go to a church, I want to try to find another church so that I can find someone like me there so I can fellowship with them. Now, I understand what my friend was saying, but really, you know, that, that man needs to think again, why did God put the church on the planet? Is it just to meet your needs? Is it just so you can be happy? So you found a church that you like? You know, a church's job is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, to glorify Him. And He is glorified when other people hear the gospel of Christ. We live in a society where everybody wants something they like. I'm just not happy here. I just don't feel connected. I just don't like this, and I don't like this, and I want this. And you know what? It becomes very... We're just prone... And like, pick it like a restaurant. Well, I like that restaurant. They serve me when I'm, they, they get my order right. I'm going to go there. They make me happy. I like, the, I like the setting. I like this. But you know, a church is not a restaurant. <laughs> a church is a spiritual assembly of people. We get together so we can hear what God says, so we can make an impact in the world around us. That's why we want to tell folks about Christ around the corner, but also be concerned about people around the world. It's why we collect funds every Sunday. In a few moments, we'll take an offering. And, and those of you who make First Baptist Church your home and Christ your Lord, you give to the Lord here. Don't No, we don't give to the church. We give to the Lord. We just give it through the local church. You don't have a, you can't see God right now. And so you can't give your money to God. You can't give your investment to God. You give it to where he told you. It's like, when you give, someone say, well, I just gave a lot of money to the church. That's a dumb thing to say. It's like saying, well, I gave my rent to the post office. You didn't give it to the post office. You gave it through the post office. You gave it to your landlord. You gave it to your mortgage company. When we give, we give being challenged by God to give to him. For the work of God, we give what we owe him in our tithes, what we want to share with him in our love and and generosity after that, and our investments for eternity. But the local church is a church of called out people who have been saved, have been baptized, and have voluntarily committed themselves to partner with God and others in that assembly to get the gospel to others. And, and really, you say, Pastor, you're just always talking about soul winning and people getting saved. You know, I think if Jesus were your pastor, he would want that too, don't you think? And I'm far from Jesus, but I'm trying to follow him and what he would do in this ministry. And part of that is getting the gospel to another man, woman, lady, or child. And those are important to God. In the Bible, we're looking today at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it opens up talking about uh, how that when we live in this life, we live in a tent. The Bible word for tent is tabernacle. We live in a tent, and this tent is not made for eternity. One day, you're going to exit your tent. I'll exit my tent. I can't hardly believe, but I've been living in this tent for 54 years. Woo. That's old, isn't it? I would never have thought I'd be 54. My, my sweet dad, he passed away at 57. My grandfather died at 54, and I get to live to 54 years of age. But I think about, I've lived in my, my, my tent for 54 years, but I have realized that I'm not over the hill, but I've got a good view from where I'm at. And what I'm figuring out here is this body, the old gray Mary what she used to be. It's not. I, I used to be able to dunk a basketball. Now, if I could get up that far, I'd be afraid I could come down. What happens if I had to try to come down? I used to be able to run and have all kinds of things. Now, my right foot has a conversation with my left foot. Which one's going to move first? You know, and there's a lot of conversation between the next one. Things are aching. What doesn't what doesn't ache it doesn't work anymore. You know. All kinds of issues going on. You know why? Because your body is a tent. But you are eternal. Every one of us are going to live somewhere forever. A hundred years from right now, with the exception of everybody but the little babies in the nursery, potentially, all that's going to matter for you and me is where we live a hundred years from today. In 2121... All, uh, none of us will be looking at each other. There will already have been a memorial service for us. It's already over. And all that's going to matter at that moment is where you live, in heaven with God or in hell without him. But if you are saved, one other thing's going to matter, and that's how you lived while you were in your tent after you got saved. If you're here this morning, you're not sure if you were to die, you go to heaven. You need to be saved. You need to be in Christ. That's the most important thing we can do is make sure that we're in Jesus. I was sharing with friends this morning. And the important thing see, Pastor, Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No man comes to God but through Jesus. Now, every one of us are going to have a day with God. We have an appointment it's appointed a man once to die, after that, the judgment. The judgment is not with me, it's not with a, a, a judge, a courtroom, it's with God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess and that Jesus Christ is Lord. But you only have a parenthesis of life that you have while you're living in your tent, and I'm living in my tent, to decide if we will accept God's gift of Jesus you got to have Jesus. No one can go into eternity and go to heaven with God without having Jesus. When you die, you'll either die with your sin and get a fair trial with a God who knows everything about you, or you will die with God's Son and get a free pardon. I used the illustration this morning but uh, I, my wife and I have nine children, seven boys, two girls. But if I didn't know you and you just, you just walked into my door, I live less than a, about a mile, a mile and a quarter from here, like four or five minutes from here. But if you just walked in my door, opened the screen door, opened the main door, walked into my living room and sat across the room from me and I didn't know you, that would be a little awkward. I would say, hang on a second. I don't know you, and we're going to have this conversation out on the front porch. (laughs) We're going to go to the driveway and talk about who you are and why you're sitting across the living room from me. Because I don't know you. However, if you came in behind my son, if my son came in the door first and you walked in behind him, I would gladly receive you, even though I know nothing about you. I would not accept you because of who you are. I would accept you because my son just said, Hey, Dad, this is my friend. I would say, Come on in. Have a seat. I don't have to know your name. I didn't have to know where you came from. I would accept you because of my son. You know, everyone who has eternal life has to come in behind Jesus. If you have the son, you have everlasting life. If you don't have the son, you don't have life. In the Bible, he says, If any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let's begin in verse number, for chapter 5, verse 17. We've read it once, but let's look at it. I quoted it for you. Let's read verse 17 out loud together. You ready? Therefore, if any man be, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. He is speaking about. People leaving their tent, and then he says, listen, if you're absent from your body as a child of God, you'll be present with the Lord. And he tells us there's motivations that help us tell others about Christ. The motivations is that we're going to be with Jesus one day. We're going to have to give an account. Motivation is we want to please the Lord. A motivation is we understand there's a hell. Boy, I tell you what, I've never been to hell. I know what God says about it, and I don't want to go there, and I'm not going there. I deserve it, but I'm not going there because I've accepted Jesus. And anyone that's my friend, I don't want them to go there. I want them to have eternal life. And knowing the terror of the Lord, we, we kind of get excited about telling other people about Christ. I say, Pastor, man, why do people come pick me up at my house and bring me to church? Why do people go out and knock on doors? I talked to a lady yesterday, and she said, Pastor, my name is Bina and she was working at her workplace. She said, two ladies from your church, I live in Dyer, but two ladies from your church, they came to my house and they gave me your paper. And maybe I can come to your church sometime. They told me I need to be saved. I don't know if I'm saved. I tried to talk to her, she was working at the time. She said, but I want to come. Why would people go and knock on people's house and give them a, a track or invite them to come to church? You know why? Because there's a hell. There is a heaven. There is a hell. There is a Savior. There is a way out of hell. Anybody who goes to hell doesn't fall into hell. They climb over God's love and His care and people trying to give them tracks and talk to them about Jesus and running buses and doing things so they can have eternal life. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This means if everybody in this room, everybody in the whole world is either one of two ways. You're either in Christ or you're without Christ. And you have a window of time between now and when you die to get in Christ. Now, it's not hard. God did all the work so you could be saved. But everybody is either in Christ or without Christ. He says if you're in Christ... You become a new creature, and old things are going to pass away. There's some ways in which you think and live and act, they're going to not be the same anymore. Or maybe you heard the song, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The places I used to go, I, I don't go there anymore. There's been a change since I've been born again. When I'm, a, when I'm in Christ, old things are passed away. I start thinking differently. I start valuing things. I was talking to my friend yesterday, and he said, uh, there's a precious girl. She got saved, and, and her sister was already saved, and she's come back to the Lord. And, and they looked at each other the other day and chuckled and said, who would have ever thought that five months ago, we would be sitting in church learning about God, growing in Jesus and having such a happy life because our life before was marred by sin and Satan and sinfulness and wickedness and regret. Now we're so happy and all in five months. Isn't that a beautiful testimony? What they're saying is like, hey, we're in Christ. Old things Yeah, they're not the same anymore. I put those away. And all things become new. Look at verse number 18, would you please? And I want you to notice what the first three words are. Say them out loud with me, would you? And are of God. So he said, all things become new, and all things that become new, who is responsible for those things? God. It is God that worketh in us to do of his good pleasure." Sometimes we think once we get saved, God saves us. Now it's our job. Now you need to cooperate with God. He's a great leader, but you need to follow him. However, um, everything that becomes new in your life, all things are of God. He's the one who saves you. He's the one who wants to lead you in your new walk with the Lord. All things are of God, who has reconciled us to him. Through the person of Jesus Christ. Let's read verse 18 together. Are you ready out loud? And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So the Bible tells us when someone's in Christ, he becomes a new creature. Old things begin to go away. And by the way, that's not instantaneous. We're all a work in progress. Let me just explain this to you real quickly. When someone accepts Jesus Christ, they're saved, they're born again, that's a miracle of a moment. That happens, boom. That's your second birth, okay? So if I ask you your birthday, you wouldn't say, well, it happened for me over a period of about eight months. No, no, you would just tell me a date. Because that's the day you became your mom and dad's child. That's when you broke the womb, that's when you were born. It's a miracle of a moment. Well, the Bible says you must be born That is a miracle of a moment, too. That's not a process. Every once in a while, I'll say say to someone, do you know if you're going, oh, yeah, what's heaven? When did you get saved? Well, I'm still working on it. It's a process, you know. No, it's not. Being born again is a moment of time when your faith is put in Jesus Christ for your salvation, your forgiveness. You give God your sin. He gives you his son. It's when we believe in our heart and we ask the Lord to save us. That's a miracle of a moment. But growing in the Christian life is a process of a lifetime. My wife and I, we have those nine kids. They each have birthdays. I can't remember all their names, but they have all birthdays. I'm just joking. I think I could figure them all out. But I love those kids, but they have a birthday. But you know, it was much easier to see them born than it has been to raise them. Because their their growing process has been slow and up and down. Sometimes they do real good. Sometimes they struggle. Right, Lacey? Yeah, sometimes they do great. Sometimes they go through difficult times. But they're still my child. you know why they're my child? Because they were born to us. And once I get saved, I'm born to God's family. Now it's a process of growing. I need to get, when we get saved, that's when God knows us. Our Christian life is when we get to know him. I knew my kids before they knew me. Now, when we get saved, it's a little different because we have the the topic of adoption. That means we know we're taken in by God. We had that knowledge from the beginning. But, but But my life has been, since I got saved, I remember accepting Jesus as my Savior on a Sunday night. I heard the gospel on Sunday school and Sunday, night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and I tell you, that night I, I knew I needed to get saved. I knew I wasn't born again, and that night I accepted Jesus. Well, that was a miracle of a moment. That happened one time on my knees before the Lord when I said, Lord, I'm a sinner, I need you, I believe only Jesus can save me, please forgive my sin. Boom! I was saved. Now, but since that time I've been growing. Old things are being put away, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to His Himself by Jesus Christ. And we must have Jesus Christ. And then it says, He didn't stop there. He gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. What does the word reconciliation mean to you? Brother Moffat, does it mean anything to you? What does it mean? Okay, it means to be reconciled to God. It means that you can come together again with God. What was the problem that kept us from going to heaven on our own? Sin. If you were to look at the life and times, let's pretend this is John Wilkerson. You look at my life, and boy, it reads like a tabloid. It's sin. Fifty-four years of thinking the wrong things, doing the wrong things, saying the wrong things. But that moment that I believed and received Jesus... Jesus and his holy righteousness, this is Jesus, he covers me. And one day when I stand before God, I won't stand there in my sin. I will stand there with his son. And when he looks at me, he doesn't see my sin, he sees his son. And now I'm reconciled to him. But that's not where I say, well, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I can just live however I want to. No, no, no. Now God has said, now John, You have been covered by my blood. You are forgiven. Now, I got something for you to do. I want to give to you a ministry of helping others know what someone told you. The ministry of reconciliation. Let's continue in our reading, can we please? We're looking at verse number 19. To wit, or this is how it happened, that God was in Christ... Reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto him. That means he didn't. He's I sinned, I've trespassed against God, but he took it off of me and gave it to his son, Jesus. Because Jesus is God, he paid for my sin, and then hath committed unto us, those who are forgiven, the word of what? Reconciliation. So he, you're saved, and you've been forgiven by God. Now he wants you to join him in the work of reconciliation. Now, can I save anyone? No. Who does all the saving? But whose work is it? I involve myself when the Bible is where labors together with God. So, you know, everyone who gets saved gets saved because God is working in your life. Do you think you're here by accident? You think you got saved by accident? You think you have a grandmother that's been praying for you? You think you heard a radio broadcast by accident? No. Everything that comes to your life comes to your life because God so loved the world. And you're in that world. I think it's going to be amazing. As we look in heaven and know what God knows, all that God did to get us to sit in this room this morning. You think, well, I'm here because I wanted to come. I don't believe it. I believe God's doing something. God's been working your life since you were before the foundations of the world, he says. And he's trying to draw you to a person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter six, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. So God the Father is working to bring you to Jesus. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. God is bringing you and he says, now listen, Just like I used other people to get you to Jesus. I remember when I got saved, that night I got saved, I sat on a a chair like you're sitting on, I didn't pay for. I had air conditioning blowing in my face and, and light on the ceiling. I didn't pay the electric bill. Some of you, you rode on a bus. You didn't pay the fuel. You didn't rent the bus. You didn't fix the bus. You didn't buy the bus. All you did is got on the bus. We are enjoying things that somebody else did before we ever came. Some says, well, I got a gospel tract. Yes, those things aren't free. Someone had to buy those. Somebody else was active with God to bring us to Jesus. It only makes sense that God would want us to get active to get other people to Jesus. He said, now I'm giving you. Now let's continue the chapter and we're done. Would you look at verse 20? Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. He said, because we're saved and God's given us this job, we're now ambassadors for who? An ambassador is someone who goes and represents a king or president of another country. We're ambassadors for God. We're not representing ourselves. we're representing him. Now, we're ambassadors for Christ. Look at verse number 20. As though God did beseech you by us, he, he is challenging others to get you involved and me involved in being an ambassador. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. reconciled to God and come to Christ. Now verse number 21. For he, God the Father, hath made him, God the Son, Jesus, to be sin for who? Us. Who, God the Son, knew no sin. It was Jesus the innocent who died for us, the guilty, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. See, you can't stand before God in your own righteousness. No one can. That's why they need to know you can't be good enough to be, go to heaven your own. You need the righteousness of Jesus. Because if we have the righteousness of Jesus, then we have righteousness before God. And everybody needs that. Let me ask you a couple questions. We're done. I'm done with the with the Bible reading today. Let me ask you this. Would you look at it this way? Are you in Christ? Do you know for sure if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? Do you know that? If you're not for sure you're in Christ, you're in a good place today. Because there are people in this room who would love to take the Bible and show you how you could know for sure when you died, you'd go to heaven. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm in Christ. I'm not sure if I died today, I would go to heaven. I'm not sure that my sins are forgiven. Today is a day you need to let someone take the Bible and show you how to be saved. Number two, if you are already, say, Pastor, I already did that. I remember where I was and what happened. and Someone showed me the Bible and I asked Jesus to save me. How many can say amen to that? Well, you and I have a responsibility to be an ambassador for Christ to someone else so they can be reconciled to God. If you have already been saved and you haven't been baptized, you're in a good place. You can do that today. You can come and meet one of our men and let them know, and we'll help you get baptized this morning. If you say, Pastor, I just need a burden for souls, why don't you come and ask God for one? Come and say, Lord, please, Help me to see my responsibility and be with you in this work of reconciliation.